Hey, thanks so much for being here. This is My City Church, and this is our podcast. We hope you are inspired to love God, love people, and lead in life. Enjoy the message. Well, come on. Good morning, 9.30 a.m. service. How are you guys doing this morning? Doing good? You live, kicking, doing well? Some people didn't have the chance to come to church today, and here we are gathering together. Don't take what you're able to do each and every week for granted. Thank you for being here today. I got a word that I hope that impacts your life, transforms your life. I know God's going to speak to you today. But first, before we jump in, I just want to take a moment and celebrate our youth. Man, this last Wednesday, they were here in this room. We saw over 30 youth raise their hands to say, I want to follow Jesus. It was a fantastic night. I am just looking forward to what God is going to do in and through the youth of this city, city changers, love you guys. Hey, the best is yet to come. God gave you a word for your school, for your friends. You keep praying that word. You keep standing in the gap on behalf of your school and watch what God does. Amen. Amen. Hey, Church IC, how many of you guys have enjoyed the series so far? We're on week three. If you haven't been here, uh, just a little recap. Week number one, we talked about going back to the roots. Back to the roots. We said, are you striving for success or significance? And the church I see is a church that sees them and that you exist for two reasons, to glorify him and to reach them. What kind of church are you going to be? Because that's the church that I see. Last week, we had the opportunity to speak on when opportunity knocks. And we were able to talk about, hey, what does it look like to be available for God? And the church I see is a bunch of ordinary people who are available for God to do the extraordinary through. That doesn't matter. You don't have to be qualified because God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. And that those cracks in your life are just ways for God to shine the light through. And as a church, we talked about four G's. Anyone remember them, what they were? It was gathering, growing, giving, and gifting. Gathering, we gather each and every week. These are the four G's that we hold to conviction, the conviction of God's people to gather together. Do not forsake the fellowship of one another. We talked about the growing together, the breaking of bread. We do that through groups, which by the way, it's group week. If you're looking, little plug there. If you're looking for a group to be a part of, sign up at the Connect Corner directly after service. We have them every day throughout the week. Big, small, whatever in between. And this is what I found out, whether it's a group of 15, a group of 10, There's always around three or four people that you really connect with. And that's what we like to call family here at My City Church. So if you're not a part of a group, get a part of a group. But that's how we grow here at My City. We grow through reading the Bible, prayer, and worship individually as well. But then we also give. It says that disciples had this in common, that they gave of themselves. They gave of everything they had so that no one was in need. And then we go through all those we give through our gifting. What is that unique thing that God has put on your life that helps the church reach its full potential. And the whole church coming together, it makes it effective. And you have a part to play in this church. And I hope that you find that part. You can find that through next class, October 10th. You can sign up today. But today, I got a great word to share with you. If you brought your Bible here today, raise it up in the air. Like, you just don't care. Let me see if you brought your Bible. It's on your phone. That's okay. It's important to bring your Bible to church. You can open up to 2 Kings chapter 13. 2 Kings chapter 13. Bring your Bible to church. It's important to read your Bible each and every day. God speaks through the Word of God. Everyone wants to hear the, word, the voice of God, but no one wants to read what He's already said. If you want to know what God sounds like, how about you read what He said and watch how He speaks to you through His Word. 
Start there. Get a Bible reading plan. Get in the Word of God, whether it be three minutes, five minutes, a verse a day, a chapter a day, a book a day. God bless you. You can. Good job. It's transformed my life, and I pray that as you apply yourself to his word, it'll transform yours as well. 2 Kings chapter 13. Got a peculiar story we're going to be reading from today. It's something that's not, it's only a few verses within the Bible, and uh, we're going to be reading, talking about my favorite man in the Bible, other than Jesus, is Elisha. That's because my name is Eli, but my full name's Elishan. I was named after the prophet Elisha. So I love talking about him every opportunity I get. So I'm going to be reading to you just a few verses today, and I hope that it impacts you. Starting in verse 14, it says this. Now Elisha was suffering from the illness from which he died. Jehoash, king of Israel, went down to see him and wept over him. My father, my father, he cried, the chariots and horsemen of Israel. Elisha said, get a bow and some arrows, and he did so. Take the bow in your hands. He said to the king of Israel, when he had taken it, Elisha put his hands on the king's hands. Open the east window, he said, and he opened it. Shoot, Elisha said, and he shot. The Lord's arrow of victory, the arrow of victory over Aram. Elisha declared, you will completely destroy the Arameans at Aphek. Give a little context to this message Jehoash is worried because the prophet is about to die. And he sees the prophet as the key to victory because we can fight our battles by ourselves, but we'll never win if we're not fighting them with God on our side. And so he realizes that the, Jehoash wasn't the most holy king. He feared God, but he didn't get rid of the idols. But he understood the power of God before he went into battle. So here Jehoash is crying out because he was seeing the potential to win the battle withering away. And Elisha speaks to him some things that are very clear and evident that I want to be talking about today. But before we dive into that, I want to share with you on this topic, this thought. Last week we talked about when opportunity knocks. Today we're going to be talking about when opportunity stops knocking. When opportunity stops knocking, let's pray today. God, I thank you for your word. It is true. It is sharper than a double-edged sword to divide bone and marrow. God, I pray that you would speak through me today. God, that your word would not return void, God, but it would accomplish the purpose for which it was sent. God, I pray that you would open up our ears to hear you, open up our eyes to see you today. And just right now, church, open up your hands and say these words after me. Say, Lord, speak to me. I'm listening. In Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen. You want to put your hands together for the word of God this morning. Hope you're taking notes today. It's going to be a great day in church. Jehoash was worried because something was going to come against him. Aram was attacking them, and he didn't know how to defeat them. So he goes to the prophet Elisha, which represents God at that time. God would speak through Elisha. And what do we find that Elisha says to him? Elisha doesn't acknowledge any of the things that Jehoash was weeping over, but he tells him something. He tells him, get a bow. He gives him some instruction. Can I tell you in your life, no matter what you're up against, no matter what you're feeling, whatever you feel overwhelmed with, whatever you're facing, God is giving you some instruction to get through it. God is giving you an instruction to get through it. He says, get a bow. Now, not all of us could go get a bow. How many archers do we have in here? You know, you like to harvest deer with a bow or you just like to shoot. You know, that's not me. 
<laughs> but he says, get a bow. What is the thing that God is asking you to get in the situation that you are in? There's something within your reach that God is telling you to reach for. When you feel overwhelmed, whether it be reaching for his word, reaching for his people, reaching in prayer, reaching in, in a business, staying steadfast to what God's called you to do, there's something that God has put in your hand and says, do this. He says, don't be crying over me. Yeah, I'm dying. I'm going to better. Don't be crying over me because God wants you tell, to tell you today that you will never experience victory crying over what is dying. You will never experience victory crying over what is dying. What in your life that you lack. Understand today that God is trying to work in your life. And you cannot get so enveloped with what is going on around you that you miss what God is trying to do through you. God is working in your life. And now we can always approach life. We can look at it from the standpoint of I have so many things coming against me. Now let's think about it. This is the year 2021, September 26, 2021, the day, the year of our Lord, animal Adonami. And we are looking at our lives today for what it is rather than what it could be. And I want you to look back in your past. We're almost done with 2021. I feel like 2020 just ended. And what I found is that most people went through 2020, and we refer to it as, as pre-COVID, my life pre-COVID, and my life now. And a lot of us have felt robbed of opportunities in our life, and we have entered 2021 as a victim. We have entered 2021, and we are still living. Here we are, almost done with 2021 as a victim. What are you going to do when 2022 comes? And God says, as long as you're living as a victim, you will never be a victor. And he wants to speak to you today that he says, I'm working in your life the things that you've given up, the things that I've called you to, and you're finding excuses. You're looking at excuses, and God says, I'm giving you an opportunity. He's speaking to you about an opportunity. And we can get so enveloped with what is happening to us and what is coming against us that we belittle the power of Christ in us. That's Christ in you. Not the thing coming against you. Not the condemnation coming against you. Not the difficulty coming against you. Don't belittle the power of Christ in you. Understand today that God has given you an opportunity to overlook what was and look forward to what is. And I want to share with you today this wise man, Leonard, Leonard Ravenhill, a great Christian evangelist, said these words. He said, the opportunity of a lifetime must be seized in the lifetime of the opportunity. God wants to give you an opportunity today, but you will never seize it. It will pass you by if you don't seize it. You will never get a hold of it. Because opportunity, understand today, in life, that you will have trouble. But troubles only last a little while. So do opportunities. Opportunities only last a little while. And I want to ask you today, do you see where you're at in life? Do you see what's coming against you? Do you see what God is trying to do in you? Now, wisdom, wisdom is determined to, by understanding the season that you are in. What season are you in as a parent? Touch your neighbor and just ask them that question. Say, what season are you in? So about half of you do that. <laughs> Look to the person next to you and ask them that question. Say, what season are you in? What season are you in? Because as a parent, I need to understand what season I am in. If I am working a job and I have the job, the job opportunity of a lifetime, do I take that opportunity that will have me away six days a week? I'm hardly ever see my kids. 
Can I tell you that the season you're in determines the opportunity that you take? Those seasons, some may come around again, but some you'll never get the opportunity again. My kids at a young age, right now, I have the season to sow into them. I will not have that 15 years from now. And if I don't sow into them now, I won't see that harvest later. Now, I can take what looks like an opportunity, the job, that sounds great, but it takes me away from the thing that really matters. It is not an opportunity. And I miss what God is trying to do in my life because I don't understand the season and the demands of the season I am in. Also understand that in life, God has a battle for you. Everyone has an Aram, and everyone has some arrows. Everyone has a difficulty that they're facing. I mean, who all in here has a difficulty that they're facing? Yeah, my head's, you know, things I'm thinking about, things that I'm wondering what's gonna happen. Put your place in the, your, your feet in the king's shoes. He's wondering what's gonna happen if God doesn't show up. And God's given him some instruction. He says, go get a bow and get some arrows and get to work. And God can prepare us for the season he has for us, the thing that he has for us today. But understand, if we missed out, let's say back then when I was supposed to be preparing, I am not ready to receive the blessing that he has for me today because I robbed myself of the season and the preparation that he had for me yesterday. So the thing that I went through, if I was supposed to grow through it, if maybe I was supposed to mourn through it, if maybe I was supposed to stand up in it to prepare me to fight later, I will end up facing a battle where I have to fight, but instead of fighting, I'm still mourning and grieving and growing because I never learned from the season that I was in for the season that he has for me. What do you do when opportunity stops knocking? How do I prepare that when opportunity does knock, that I walk right through that door. Well, let's find out Second Kings. Let's go back just a little bit. The king goes to Elisha. Elisha says to him, didn't acknowledge any of the weeping, any of that. He says, get to work. He says, get to work. What is God asking you to do that you haven't picked up yet? He says, get a bow and some arrows. That means it said within reach, within reach in your life, and he did so. Take the bow in your hands, so you gotta do something, you gotta actually apply yourself. God's not just gonna show up and just turn the situation around, but find out what happens here. The moment he gets the bow, the moment he gets the arrows, the moment he puts it in his hands, what happens? He said to the king of Israel, when he had taken it, Elisha put his hands on the king's hands. Elisha putting his hands on the king's hands is representative of God putting his hands on the situation. But God did not put his hands on the situation until the king picked up the bow. He didn't put his hands on the situation until the king picked up the bow. He puts his hands and he says, open the window, the window of opportunity. He says, open up that window and shoot an arrow. He fires the arrow and Elisha says, behold, Victory over the Arameans. You will completely, you will completely destroy them at Aphek. Shoot the arrow. What's God saying? He's saying get a vision. See it being won before the battle ever starts. He said, what are you looking at? Are you looking at your enemy? Or are you looking at what I can do in your life? What I can do through your life? Are you looking at what's against you? Learn to see it with God's eyes. And I think God wants to tell us today that you need to see the victory before the fight even starts. You gotta see it before the fight even starts. Now I wanna be careful how I speak to this today, but understand that as a church, 
we can always be fighting for victory. We can be trying to fight for something. But understand that we don't ever fight for victory. Jesus already won it all. As a church, we fight from victory. It's a different mindset. We're not praying for something. We're walking in it. That's why when I say things like, hey, we're a move of God in this city. We're a move of God as a church. I'm not talking about just praying for something. I'm looking back and I'm able to see what God has done before, what he has done before, and what he is doing now. And I can profess what he is going to do again because I see the victory before it starts. Before I even step foot in the battle, I know the battle's already won. What in your life is God trying to tell you to remember your victories? Review your victories. Where has God been faithful before? Where has God been faithful in the past that can give you faith for today? Now, this is where I want to I, I encourage you today. Like, what does it mean to see something before you ever even see it? That means that I, I, don't, I don't see it with my eyes. I, I'm not looking for it with my physical eyes, but there's something that I see in my spirit. There's something that I see happening, and, and what happens is it starts to work its way into my heart. I get a burden. I get I just something that is heavy that I start praying into, and what I find is a vision that starts in the mind, that starts in the head, gets to my heart, and then I start to work it out with my hands. Some of us, we just jump straight to hands. And God is saying, I want you to see it before you apply yourself to it. Do you see it in your life? Do you see it? Because if you're going to try to seize it, you got to see it before you can seize it. You have to see it. What do you see happening in your life? And this is where the world has hijacked this, seen it, so that you can get a hold of it. It's name it, claim it. That's not what we're talking about today. We're talking about what has God said over your life? What has God said in his word that he's calling his people to profess and confess, not complain about? Rather than complaining about your situation, he says, no, I've given you a mouth. I've put my words in your mouth. Therefore, declare what I have said and be my hands and my feet and my mouthpiece here on earth because it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Christ living in me and through me to accomplish God's purposes in and through in this city and around us, in you as well. Christ living in you, working through you to accomplish what God has for you. Because God's wanting you to get a vision. He's wanting you to see before you ever see it. What do you see happen in your life? You gotta say, I see healing coming my way. Now this isn't, don't get confused with what the world has said. We'll just name it. Claim it. No, no, no. I see healing because the word says that surely he carried my diseases. He bore my sicknesses. That's what his word says. What do you see about your marriage? I see my marriage coming back together. I see my marriage thriving. If you, only you ever look at your situation, you say, well, this is just what it's going to be. This is all it'll ever be. Can I tell you what? That's all it will ever be. Do you see your marriage getting better? Do you see yourself as being a good father? Do you see yourself as being a good mother? Do you see yourself as being a good employee? Do you see yourself as being a good boss? Do you see yourself as being a good son? Do you see yourself as being a good daughter? Do you see yourself as being a healthy family? Do you see yourself being effective as a witness to your friends? Do you see your friends coming to church? Do you see your friends finding salvation? Do you see friends being transformed in the likeness of Christ so now they're going into the world and finding other people and speaking to them about the love of Jesus and having their lives transformed? you see it? Do you see it? Because you have to see it before you can seize it. What do you see happening in this church? Do you see yourself just coming in on a Sunday? Do you see yourself as a builder? 
Do you see yourself attending here? Or do you see yourself as sent here? Do you see yourself as some, a part of something? Or do you see yourself as being something? This is just something that I go to. Or is this who you are? Do you see yourself building this church? I see you building this church. Danny asked me what I, what I wish for. I said, I wish that every single person would walk in all that God has for them. That you would walk in all that God has for you. But can I tell you, sometimes to walk in all that God has for you, there takes a level of perseverance, a level of tenacity, a level of steadfastness. Because if you jump from thing to thing to thing to thing, God can't find you. He won't find you. We had, we're talking about the man Elisha. Anyone remember when Elisha first was mentioned in the Bible? He was plowing a field. And Elijah came up to him, not to get confused with Elisha. Elijah, he was his predecessor, came up to him, and he put his mantle on him. He says, he found Elisha plowing the field. What field are you called to plow that you've put the plow down looking for opportunity when God says, I'm looking for you in the plowing in the field so I can put my blessing upon you? Do you see yourself building this church? Do you see our church in that room? Do you see it? Now, it's not about filling a room. It's about impacting a city. One that a city and a people can't ignore what is happening. The early Christians were called the people that live that way. They couldn't be ignored. And share with you what Hebrews 11.1 1 says. Now, having faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. What is God asking you to believe for that you've given up on? What is that thing? Do you see it? Do you see it? Now, here's the thing is we can apply ourselves to something, but if we apply ourselves to everything, we're going to get exhausted because action without aim, you can take an action, but you don't have any aim, you're going to lead to exhaustion. It's going to exhaust you to try to do everything. You cannot do everything in this life. You got to have priorities. <laughs> you can't get out of debt and buy the new house at the same time. Let's put, make it a little bit more simple. You can't get out of debt and eat organic at the same time. <laughs> I mean, for real, though. Sometimes you can't go to all the ball games because we go to church. Man, Mom, I remember showing up all the time in my baseball uniform. Every Sunday. We never missed Sundays unless we were out of town. I would always show up in my baseball uniform, and we would stick it through. Every Sunday, we were going to be in the house of God. Because they knew, my parents knew, that I'm going to bring someone up in the house of God to love God's church and to love God, and I'm going to plant seeds in his life that will be reaped later at a later time. I'm going to plant seeds now. So if I say yes to everything, if I'm the jack of all trades, I'm the master of none. If I say yes to everything in my life, I will always feel exhausted. So it takes aim. It takes decision to know what am I going to apply my life to. Well, I can tell you the number one thing that God and the only thing that God said he will do is build his church, his people. And the gates of hell will not prevail against his church, his people. So that right there should be a huge priority within our lives. If it's God's priority, it should reflect in my priorities. What does it look like to be a part of God's plan A here on earth? Well, let's continue. 2 Kings chapter 13, verse 18. Understand today that every person has a battle, an Aram that they're facing. And the battle doesn't always end up out there. The fight is not always out there. But sometimes the biggest battle that we face is in here. 
The biggest fight that we face day in and day out is in here. It's in my heart, it's in my mind, it's in my hands. That's sometimes where the battle's won. And we pick it up in 2 Kings 13, verse 18. Elisha says this, he says, take the arrows. And the king took them. Elisha told him, strike the ground. He struck it three times and stopped. So he fires the arrow, fires the arrow. Now he says, take the arrows. Now strike the ground. And the king strikes it three times and stops. Next verse. The man of God was angry with him and said, you should have struck the ground five or six times. Then you would have defeated Aram and completely destroyed it. But now you will defeat it only three times. But wait a second. Hold on. I remember the word that the prophet said. Do you guys remember? He said, behold, you will completely destroy the Arameans at Aphek. Let's put that verse back up there. What's it say? The prophet said you will completely. He says you should have struck the ground five or six times. Then you would have defeated Aram and completely destroyed it. But now you will only defeat it three times. Can I tell you that in your life, there are things that God is asking you to do, but if you never give it all you got, you will not see it come to pass. There are things in your life, and what I don't want you to do is get to the other side of heaven and realize that you could have believed for more here on earth. That when I talk about you walking in all that God has for you, what I'm saying is that God has so much for you. Are you gonna pursue it right here, right now? But so many of us Christians, we're so enamored with heaven and we get lost in heaven and we're just trying to pursue heaven that we miss what God is trying to do in and through you right here and right now. And God's saying, I gave you heaven. You acknowledge me as the son of God. I forgave you for your sins. Now walk in all that I have for you. I don't want to get to heaven and find out I could have if I had. I don't want to hear a promise from God that speaks to me and find out that I stopped short of all that God had for me. It's that tension that God has spoken a word over you and he has given an opportunity to you, but it does rely on you and being available to see it come to pass. I don't want to see you get get to heaven. I don't want to see you live in the end of your life with regrets. I don't want to see you getting to the end. What is God asking you to do right here, right now? Everyone remembers what God used to ask, what God asked before. I think we could all say there was some time God asked me to do something and I didn't do it. And sometimes I don't get those opportunities back. I don't get those opportunities back, but you know what opportunity I have today? Is to say yes and amen. God, whatever you need from me, because I'm not going to be a person that gives up. And I want to speak to you today and say these words, don't stop. Do not stop with that thing that God has given you. I heard the prophet say, pick up. I heard him say, take. I heard him say, open the window. I heard him say, shoot. I heard him say, take. I heard him say, strike. But I did not hear the prophet say, stop. You have no business stopping what God has started in you. You have no business putting it down and just striking it three times, being like, okay, now what? The thing that God's asked you to do, you apply yourself and all that you have until he gives you another command. 
The thing that God asks you to do, you keep applying yourself. No, you know what? I'm going to keep plowing. Yeah, I know all those other prophets are over there and they're doing that thing, but I'm going to keep plowing. You know what? This is difficult. I can see everyone else walking in their purpose, their potential, but I'm going to keep plowing. And I can tell you, God's not looking for someone that's after all that, that's after all the glamour. God's looking for a person that's faithful to what God has asked them to do. But that battle has to be won in here. That battle has to be won in your head. It has to be won in your heart before it's ever won out there. What in your life have you stopped that you have given up on because you don't see it coming to pass? And this is what God wants to say to you today. He wants to say that you are limiting God by your experience. You are limiting God by your experience. Well, God never did it like that way before. So what he's saying to me must be ludicrous. Well, if God did it the same way he did before, then you will think that you discovered an algorithm, a rhythm, something to make something happen rather than God showing you that he's doing it through you. That way he gets the credit and not you. But what we do is we live our lives through an experience. We see, well, that's how God did it then. So that means that's how God's gonna do it now. What does it mean when he says, I'm gonna do a new thing? And sometimes doing a new thing means you have to step out of the boat when everyone else is staying. And it doesn't make sense. But you know what? I'm not going to give up. I'm going to keep striking that ground. Elisha says you should have struck it five or six times than you would have. He says these words, words. He says you should have, then you would have, but now you will only. You should have, then you would have, but now you will only. I don't want to be the type of church that lives in now we will only. Because when opportunity comes knocking, I don't want to hear that opportunity stop knocking. I want to run right through it. So God is asking this church right here, right now, I'm knocking on the gates of Omaha. Do you see it? Do you see it? If you don't think that God passes people by, just ask Mordecai. If you don't, it'll come from someone else. But maybe God has sent you here for such a time as this. Maybe God has sent you to this church for such a time as this. Maybe God has positioned you in this city. Some of you all from out of town, you visit this church first time. I moved here, I'm, I'm visiting. Maybe God has sent you here. You thought it was the job. You thought it was the promotion. And God was saying, no, 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 no. You lost that job. I moved you from there. And you thought I was sending you here for a job. No, no, no. I was sending you here for so much greater than just a place of employment, but a calling and a purpose. You thought you were here because of school. And we'll bring it down. We'll bring it down in a little bit. You thought you were here for school. You weren't here for school. God was sending you here to give you a calling. God was sending you here to give you a purpose. And some of you all found your love here at this church. You thought you were just attending the church. God says, no, I'm bringing two together to be kingdom shakers. 
God has asked something from you, and what I don't want to leave, live in that area is you should have, then you would have, but now you will only. Tell you what, I'm going to be the type of person, when the prophet and God say strike, I'm going to keep on striking. I'm going to be the type of person that gives it all I've got, no matter what, no matter if it doesn't make sense, no matter if that's how it was done over there and God's telling me to do it here, I'm going to be the type of person that keeps striking, that keeps striking, that keeps striking. You didn't say stop? I'm going to keep striking. I'm going to keep striking because he says do it five or six times. Why five or six times? Because five is the number of grace and six is the number of man. And God is saying to his people, by the grace of God that I have given you, do all that you can do and watch the victory that is going to come to pass. Do you believe that today? Do you believe that? He struck three times and stopped. Three times and struck. And you can stand to your feet. I'm closed. Three times, and then he stopped. I don't want to be the person that just takes God at his word and tries once. But I realize that when God's asking me to pray, he's asking me to persevere. It's a word called travail, where I'm battling on behalf of this side of earth, that his kingdom would come on earth as it is in heaven. And the church I see is a church that perseveres, that doesn't give up when it gets hard, that doesn't give in when the odds are stacked against them. But they know what God said, and they know what God spoke, and they don't give up, and they stand in the gap on behalf of a city. And I want to be that church. Do you want to be that church? Do you want to be that kind of people? Because what I see over your life is a person that transforms this city. What I see over your life is a person that transformed their family, their kids, their spouse, their friends. I see the power of someone that is available for God, for God to do the extraordinary through. I see a church that perseveres. And this is the church that I see when Jesus was speaking about his people. Luke 9, 62, he said this. He said, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. It's that time where I put myself to apply myself to see God do something that he called me to do. And then I started looking around. And I started to give up. When did Jesus, when did Peter sink in the water? He took his eyes off Jesus. I tell you, in your life and in this church, our goal is going to be to keep our eyes on Jesus. And as we're plowing away, we're going to see a wake behind us like the city has never seen before. That's what I see. I see a people being used by God. You gave up on yourself. God never gave up on you. You gave up on yourself a long time ago. God never gave up on you. And I want to speak to people today that are getting tired. I want to speak to people today that are discouraged. I want to speak to people. It's the spirit of degradation where you have given up. You're discouraged today. And today God is saying, keep your eyes on me. He's saying, wait on the Lord and you shall renew your strength. Because many who are strong will go weak and weary. But wait on me and I will renew your strength. You will soar high on wings like eagles. You will run and not grow weary. You will walk and not faint. So right now, if you're in this place and you said, I've, I've stopped striking on something that God has asked me not to stop in, and he told me to keep going, I stopped striking. 
I just want you to lift up your hand today. Lift up your hand. I want to pray over that right now. I want to pray for every hand raised today. God, in every word that you have given each and every person, God, that we'd be a church that perseveres. So just right now, church, just lift up both your hands. Lift up both your hands and receive this today. Say these words after me. Say, Lord. Say it with some conviction. Say, Lord, I will give you my all. It is no longer I who live, but you who lives in me. So right now, God, I pray for every single hand that is raised today. God, I thank you for the word that you've given them, the promises, the dreams that you've spoken over their lives. God, I pray that they would not grow weary and lose heart. God, but they would apply themselves. God, that they would stay devoted. So right now, in the name of Jesus, we declare that every spirit coming against them to discourage, every spirit coming against them to destroy, God, we say enough in Jesus' name that they have no authority in their lives. God, that they would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. So right now, church, just say these words. Say, Lord, use me. Lord, use me. So right now, God, we declare as your people, God, a city set apart, a church set apart for your use to reach this city. God, I pray that we would be a church that perseveres no matter what comes against us, no matter in good seasons or bad seasons, summer or winter, highs or lows, we thank you that you're the God of the mountaintop and you're the God of the valley. We love you, Lord. Strengthen your church, God. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Thank you so much for listening today. And we want to give a special thank you to those that give so generously to My City Church. We wouldn't be able to do this without you. If you would like to give today, please hit the link in the description or go to our website at mycitychurch.cc forward slash give. And if you enjoyed today's podcast, please hit the subscribe button and share it on all of your social media. We love you so much. We'll see you next week. God bless.